today, uh, I want to just, between now and Resurrection Sunday, uh, I want to talk to you from the topic, what's it all about, uh, and spend a few days in this series, a few Sundays in this series. Uh, what's, what, what is it all about? John 8, 31, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. You need to know the truth, right? Some people declare that they're free, but freedom is a byproduct of knowing the truth, right? Everybody get that? So, uh, you know, I, you know, this is one of my favorite songs. Uh, anybody, anybody remember the song? Okay. And if, if you do, just, just, if you, if you remember, just stand and do it with me as I start singing it. Okay. Mm, you put your right foot in, take your right foot out. You don't know it. You put your right foot in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. And that's what it's all about. You put your left foot in. Wait, wait, wait. I know all of the words of this song. And you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. And that's why it's all about. Yes, sir. You put your right. You don't know that verse, huh? You put your head in. You take your head out. You know that verse? Okay, how about this one? You put your whole self in. You take your whole self out. You put your whole self in. And you shake it all about. I'm good at this. You do the hokey pokey and and that's what it's all about. It's it's a Christian song because it's mostly it's often the way that we live, isn't it? Right, right. Sometimes it's the way we live. I had to do that, and I had to take you there. But but let, let me let me say here's here's the weird part of this song, okay? And that's what it's all about. And I want to know, what? You put your hand in? You, what? Is, it just kind of leaves me in a... It just leaves me in, in, with a big question mark. Like, what's it all about? You put your hand in, you take your hand out, and you shake it all about, and you turn your... Is that what it's all about? Yeah, that's what it's... Is there a deep message here somewhere that I missed? Is there something deeper? That's, we always like to say, well, that, and that's what it's about. That's what I'm about. People say that. I hear people say that all the time, you know. That's just what I'm about. That's what I'm about. What are you about? That's, that's what I'm about. I, I, don't, I don't put up with stuff. That's what I'm about. And I say, what are you saying? Do, do we even know what that means? We just throw that out there like we understand things. I, uh, I, I, I want to I spend time with the what is it all about deal. What, just say, what is it all about? Say, what is it all about? I was very moved this week by Facebook. And uh, just kidding. No. Uh, you still with me? All right. There was a post that Preston made at Instagram or something, Facebook, of when he was in school. Did anybody see that? And he went one day and had his picture taken as Preston Hawker. And the next day he went in a different outfit and had his picture taken as Richard Hawker. And he, in both pictures, ended up in the yearbook when he was in. 
One is Richard Hawker and one is Preston Hawker. And everybody knew him as Preston Hawker, but his first name is Richard. And so he got to play like he had a twin. Oh, yeah. No, that's my twin brother over there. That's my twin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody got a twin? Anybody else got one? I'm not talking about Winnie and Maggie right now. I'm, I'm saying, uh, yeah. Dwight, yeah. Whoever he is over there. I never know which super. No. Yeah. Listen, listen. Sometimes we all wish we had that other person because there are moments when I want to take my Jesus person and put it over here so I can deal with somebody. (laughs) Or so I can do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a Christian, but let me show you. Yeah, yeah, I'll forgive you right after I break you in two, you know. You hear me? So are we allowed to? Can we do that? Is that, is, that, is that all right? Is that acceptable uh, for me to do this sort of thing? Um, I think, um, again, one of our big struggles in our faith is our lack of understanding of what it's all about. And because we don't know what it's all about, we use terminology that validates us. Well, I'm only human. You know, I have needs. Uh, Look, you'd do the same thing if you were in my situation. How do you know? How do you know? Uh, When I I was a teenager, there was a Broadway hit. Uh, This will show you how old I am. Uh, It was called Jesus Christ Superstar. All right? As far as my church was concerned, he's more than just a superstar to me, you know? And, you know, people were... You know, hearing the songs. And, but I went to, when I was in school, we were singing all the Jesus Christ Superstar songs. And there was a community of the kids that would step out of the choir and not sing the Jesus Christ Superstar songs. Uh, and as I got older, I realized that might have been a little silly. Uh, but at the same time, there were some, also some really interesting messages. And one, Helen Reddy sang as a pop song. Anybody remember that? She sang the Mary Magdalene song. I don't know how to love him, what to do. It sounds, yeah, how to move him. I've been changed. Yes, really changed. Now listen to, listen to what she sings. In these past few days when I've seen myself, I seem like someone else. And then she sings, Mary Magdalene sings. Anybody know the backstory on Mary? Okay, Mary may have had some mess going on in her life. Some demons cast out of her life. Uh, she might have had more than one or two or three or four or five or six guys in her life at some time. And Jesus loved her. And somebody thank God. And, and, but she's struggling with this. And then, the, the, then this is not the scripture. This is the song from Jesus Christ Superstar. All right. She says, uh, first of all, I don't know how to love him. And she says, I don't know how to take this. I don't see why he moves me. He's a man. He's just a man. And I've had so many men before. In very many ways. He's just one more. And then remember the verse or the chorus. Should I bring him down? Should I scream and shout? Should I speak of love? Let my feelings out. I never thought I'd come to this. What's it all about? What's it all about? What's it all about? And so here she is. She doesn't know really who Jesus is. All she knows is that she's forgiven. That's all she knows. 
She hasn't got it all worked out. But the Lord has blessed her and He has forgiven her. She's not who she's going to be yet because Jesus hasn't died on the cross and risen again. But remember that, I mean, we got the Marys who get to come down and, and recognize that Jesus is alive. These women who are the first uh, representatives of the disciples of the Lord Jesus. Somebody thank God for women who get up early in order to take care of business. You know, so not the guys don't. Come on, don't get your feelings hurt. So carnal this morning. Help me, Jesus. So. What's it all about? Say it. What's it all about? Say it. What's it all about? And why don't you just, why don't you go ahead and say it like you said it last week when you were in a mess. What is this all about? Really, what's it all about? What's, what's really going on here? What's happening in my life? What's happening in the world? What's it all about? I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand why I'm having these feelings. I don't understand the sickness. I don't know why I'm going through this at this moment. I, I love Jesus. I never thought I'd come to this, but what's it all about? And somebody would just step into this and say, let me tell you what it's all about. Amen. It's really what we need. And sometimes you get that. We live in a culture that believes that Christians are weak-minded and silly because of what we believe. And truthfully, I would agree sometimes that there are too many believers who do not know what or why they believe what they believe. I've seen people drawn away by so many things. Am I right? I mean, in our culture, I mean, it's like everybody says, oh, I believe in Jesus, you know, and I believe in this, and I believe in this, and I believe in this, and, you know, and, and off we go. I believe in everything. I'm so glad for the grace of Jesus, because now, right? How many, has anybody... Come on, we've all walked there, haven't we? To some point or another. And then you have some Christians that are really weird, okay? Anybody grow up in like Christian weirddom? I mean, it should have been like the church of the weird, you know? And I got a couple, okay? I mean, I love the churches that I grew in. I, I loved it, but uh, I didn't always know what it was all about. Did anybody grow up just, I didn't always know what it was all about. I knew we were at church. And either there's some things you're supposed to do and some things you're not supposed to do. And if you do one of those things at the wrong time, you're going to hell. Don't mess with me, all right? You are going to be a crispy critter. You are going to burn. Come on, like mama's bacon. You are going to burn. And when you die, everybody's going to talk about, yeah, they're burning in hell. And... What's that all about? So are we all burning? Are we all living? Can we just do whatever we want to do? Can, are, are we, you know, who is Jesus? What did Jesus do? And that's why we have seasons like this. We have these moments that we're supposed to stop and say, what is it all about? That's why Palm Sunday, we're going to celebrate next, next week. We're going to talk about the entry of Christ and we're going to talk about the crucifixion and we're going to talk uh, the next Sunday about the resurrection, the ascension. And as we get on down, we'll talk about the birth of the church and Pentecost Sunday. We'll talk about these things, but you've got to do more than just, you got to do more than just put on pretty clothes. You got to do more than have an egg hunt. And we're, we are doing that Saturday at Emerald, down here at Emerald Point, but you got to do more than that. Does that make sense? Our children need more than that. 
Our kids need more than another holiday. They need more than peeps. They're really good. But they need more than that. I need... Peeps are not good? <laughs> yeah, they are. Okay, so... Okay, we got some dissension in the church right now. We'll work on that. So, uh, I thought I would just... Let me take you back to another song because I, I don't want you to live out your lives as confused Christians. This is a clear purpose, and this season is one of the best times to preach this gospel. So today, I want you to see the big picture. I want you to know clearly what it's all about. So since in case you missed it, uh, this is April. So, uh, you know, like three and a half, almost four months ago, we had Christmas. Anybody remember Christmas? I thought... I thought about decorating the platform for Christmas so that you could get this message, all right? But then I thought, hey, let's just sing a Christmas carol together, okay? That's all we ought to do. I mean, it's springtime, baby. Come on. Let's sing Christmas songs. I mean, the malls are packed. Come on. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Stop, stop, stop. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what it's all about. Why It is so sad to me that he is only king on Christmas and we never let him grow up. So today, I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. Somebody shout, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Shout it. Say, what's, what's there a difference between the kingdom of God? No. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, interchangeable words. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew four seventeen. The Bible says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say... Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I don't know if you've read the Gospel of Matthew before. You ought to. It is so spectacular and comprehensive. Uh, how many have ever read the Sermon on the Mount? Anybody ever read the Sermon on the Mount? Okay, if you read the Sermon on the Mount and you just pay a little bit of attention, okay, uh, not from just an old religious perspective, but if you'll pay a little bit of attention, it will change your life. So when I say repent, when Jesus says repent for the kingdom of heaven is hand, all right, the kingdom, just say it, the kingdom, the kingdom. If you were to open up your Bible and start walking through Matthew 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or just read, walk through Matthew, you would find Jesus say kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, or he would allude to it about 50 times. Okay, so at least he just actually says kingdom of heaven at least 32, 33 times. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven. All right? We don't really get the term grace until we get to the epistles. It's all about kingdom. It's about the kingdom. Uh, and we don't, this is kind of contextually lost for us. We don't understand it. We simply don't know what it's all about. But it's all about the kingdom of heaven. It's like, it's, sometimes when I say kingdom of heaven, it's like reading a foreign language. But if you, if you read in scripture like Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. And his name we call Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Or in John 12, uh, uh, remember, and this is a quote, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. So the king... Jesus is what? See, it took you a minute to think. So when I say what, and then I stop talking, that's a good place for you to give an answer. Okay? So Jesus is what? Look, oh, guys. 
In, in uh, John 18, so Jesus is standing before Pilate in John 18. And Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered and said, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone is, who is of the truth hears my voice. So Pilate answers this quiet man who is not, is not saying anything. All right? He's going through it, getting beat up, and he asks this one question. So they're telling us you're king. Is that the truth? And Jesus says, yep. I am the king. What do you think is most important for us to understand right now? Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Anybody getting that? What is Jesus? He's the king of kings. All right? And in 1 Timothy 6, he will bring about at the proper time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 17. These will wage war against the lamb and the lamb will overcome them because he is the Right. He is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Revelation 19:16, and on his robe and on his thigh, who is this? Jesus. It's Jesus, right? On his robe and on his thigh, he, he has a name written on it. What's the name written on Jesus? King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I know you don't want a king. Hey, we're Americans. We're not a part of a kingdom. You know, we don't, we don't know who's in charge in the United States. We have no idea. It doesn't matter whether they're Democrats or Republicans. We really don't have any idea who's in charge. And if the wrong person's in charge, then we don't like them. Can I get an amen? And so certainly we're not going to have any allegiance. We put our hand over our heart. Sometimes we stand, sometimes we kneel. We don't know exactly what to do. I'm not getting any amens right now. Because according to what's going on in our culture, so let's be advised, we're in the United States, it's a democracy. And the president is not your king. Neither is he your savior or your lord. Neither are the government officials and neither are the police. Can I get an amen? I mean, even though we should obey those that are in, in, in government, Right? Except if you're in the United States, you don't have to do that. And thank God, otherwise we wouldn't have great individuals like Martin Luther King Jr. Is that kind of weird? And I'm thinking about Martin because we just celebrated his passing. And I'm thinking, man, I love that guy. I love him. I love him because the king had a king. Did you hear me? He was a king. Who had a king. And like Jesus, when they told him, you need to be quiet and you need to stop. Or like the apostles who said, you know, it's unlawful for you to talk about. And, and they would say in front of Pharisees, in front of people who could take their life. Okay, you decide for yourself whether it's better that we obey God or man. Why would they even say that? Because Jesus is the you got that? That's my message today. Jesus came to bring us his kingdom. So Matthew 4 and 17, again, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the scripture speaks of three kingdoms. Uh, in in, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, the devil took Jesus. Remember the temptation? 
He took Jesus into an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, all these things will I give thee if you will fall down and worship me. So uh, why is the devil saying this? I'm going to tell you why. Because he had the ability to do that. Do you understand? You understand that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Every king will one day bow. You got that? Everyone will worship God at one day. Right now, we got a problem in the world, and the problem is we need people who will acknowledge Jesus as the king. So there are the kingdoms of the world, and then there's also kingdom of darkness. Does anybody understand that? There is a kingdom of darkness. There are, I'm going to preach the truth to you, whether you come back or not. There is the kingdom of darkness. There is someone who is Satan, Lucifer, who is the king of the prince. He's the prince of the powers of this world. There are demons. Come on, you understand that? There is literally demonic forces that are in the world. What's going on? And Satan runs that. But then there's also the kingdom of heaven. Somebody praise God. So where is the kingdom of heaven? Uh, where is the kingdom of heaven? The king of the kingdom of heaven is who? Jesus. And uh, Acts 7.48, the most high does not dwell in temples made with hands. So we know that Jesus ascended into a place called heaven. Am I right? And so the kingdom of heaven, we have this place called heaven. Anybody know anybody that might praise God? You got somebody that might be there? Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. All right. Got some people might be there, right? Hallelujah. And... Uh, so 1 Corinthians 6, however, says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? And you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. What was the price? The blood of Jesus Christ, right? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So our bodies are temples of God. And so, so there is a, uh, the, the kingdom of heaven where Jesus sits on the throne. Remember that? And that's why we see him coming back with that, with that uh, robe and on his robe as king of kings and lord of lords. And we see that. We also see that the king dwells now on this earth. Not in a temple in Jerusalem, but in those who are the blood-bought, those who accept, have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. And his spirit comes to dwell inside of us. My body is the temple of the Lord. Who sits on the throne in my body? That's a good question, isn't it? And what you're doing, what, what's going on in your mind right now is very telling of who's sitting on the throne. What, what, you, what you did last night, the, the thoughts, the unforgiveness that you have in your life is very telling. Am I preaching okay? Of, the, of who is sitting on the throne of your, of your life. Our position in the kingdom changes everything. John 14, 23, Jesus said, If a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our home with him. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is found in people in whom the Holy Spirit dwells because the King, Jesus, dwells in them. Now remember this. We are no longer under the law. We are now living under grace. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't be inside of you. Couldn't touch you if it wasn't for grace. We have the king. His name is Jesus. We're living under the grace of that king. And some of you say, well, what does that mean? You have no concept of what that means because you live in the United States and all of you work for a living. And what you have, you gain by your determination, your education. I know. I want you to understand that if you were living in a kingdom, you would understand this differently. If you live in a kingdom, then you get this. Everything belongs to the king. And it is by grace that I live and dwell and have my being. Do you see the shift? Anybody see the shift? Why am I breathing right now? Because of the grace of God. So you think the grace of God is I can do whatever I want because of the, that, is, that has never been written in the scripture. It is a doctrine of the devil. Okay? Now listen. I have a king and his name is Jesus and I have proclaimed him to be my king. I have knelt before him and bowed my head and said, Jesus, you are Lord. I said, Lord, I didn't say king. That's what Lord means. I am now allegiance. I am, I am his liege. I belong to him. My life belongs to him. My, my, my breath belongs to him. I live by his grace and by his mercy. He can take me at any time he wants. Some of you say, well, I can't believe Jesus took somebody home. What? He's the king. You got that? Anybody coming with me? How many are walking with me right now? Anybody walking with me? We now, now, so you understand that not only am I living by his grace, but I am, I am also now a child of the king. You get that? So if I'm a child of the king, what does that mean? I'm royalty. So the kingdom of darkness is out there, but they don't want to mess with me. Because you mess with me, you bring all of heaven down on your head. That's why you say, well, the devil's playing with me. Well, stand up and tell the devil who you are. I'm a child of God. Anybody with me on this? I am, a, I am not. Come on. I'm a ch- That's why Jesus told his disciples, I want you to go and I want you to heal the sick. And I want you to cast out demons. And they came back and said, even the devils are subject to us in your name. I know I'm the king. You think that's amazing because you don't understand. You think you're just walking with some guy in a toga. No, I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Too thick for some of us. So your royalty. That's why I like this night's feast and stuff when the kids do it. I like that. But you see, we think all of this is a metaphor. We believe that Jesus being king is a metaphor. We believe that, come on, we believe that the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us that has transformed us from mere men and women to children of God, we believe that's all a metaphor. I'm a child of the king. It's not a metaphor. It's who I am. And then we get this idea of the gifts of the Spirit. Anybody glad for the gifts of the Spirit? Okay, now... Uh, If you've read the Old Testament, you know that the sons of the kings are also warriors. Anybody understand that? Somebody shout, I'm a warrior. warrior. 
We are all warriors in the kingdom. 2 Timothy 2 and 3. We share in suffering as good soldiers of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Can I have one of those? So some of you think, you know, that uh, you're soldiers, all right? And uh, say, I'm a soldier, but I just don't want to fight. I want the gifts of the Spirit so I can prophesy. I want people to see me preach and be up front. I want to pray with ecclesiastical language. Thus says the Lord our God as we call upon thee, thou who art wonderful and mighty. We want all of that. We just don't want to have to do warfare. You want the gifts of the Spirit, but the gifts of the Spirit and the armor of the Lord are very much... Am I preaching to anybody? The same thing. You say, you know, I... You know, I, I need the gifts of the Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit, not so I can be cool. Look at my sword, you know. No, I, not so I can play. These are just toy swords anyway. And, you know, we need to understand that as a part of the kingdom, He wants to come into our life and fill us with Himself so that we can fight for the kingdom. When Jesus came, He taught about the kingdom of heaven constantly and out of that it was so that you would know this big message there is a kingdom Jesus is the king and we are children of the king we are royalty and we are on this earth to do battle to do warfare on behalf of the king of kings all right but he says I want you to be good soldiers that's what now, Paul writes to Th Timothy, I don't want you to get entangled in other stuff. I don't want you to get tangled in other stuff. So then we begin to say, well, how, what, how do we live as soldiers of the king? And the word of God is full of this. I mean, if you've ever read, again, the Sermon on the Mount, for instance. How many have ever read the Beatitudes? Have you ever read the Beatitudes before? So look at the Beatitudes. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. What? Why is he talking about the kingdom? The Beatitudes are all about the kingdom. All the blessed R's are about the kingdom. It's the blessing to those who recognize their spiritual poverty. I need God. It's the blessings of those who mourn because of this broken war, uh, world. Uh, the blessing to those who are humble before God. The blessing to those who are hungry for true righteousness. The blessing to those who are merciful to others. The blessing to those who have hearts that are pure. The blessing to those who seek after peace in this world. The blessing to those who regardless of what happens, happens to them will not reject Jesus. Now, now get this. This is the blessing of the kingdom of heaven. You think, well, you know, why should I do all of this? Because we're in the kingdom and this is how kingdom people live. It's, it's a blessing. And he describes the citizens of the kingdom. If you continue to read uh, in, in Matthew 5, he describes it. Now, he says this. He says, for I say to you, in, in verse 20, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Anybody hear that? Your righteousness is not supposed to be like the scribes and the Pharisees, but in the kingdom of heaven, it goes beyond them because they're focused on keeping the law. And you, we all just say, well, thank God I'm saved by the law. Wait! 
You have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus, who is now the king. So he begins to talk about this in Matthew 5 and 6 and 7. And for instance, he says, you say, the Bible says, do not murder. He says, let me tell you, in the kingdom, that's not what we expect. As children of the king, we overcome our anger. We're loving and we're kind and we reconcile with one another. I, I hate him, but I didn't murder him. I can't stand the sight of him, but I didn't, I didn't shoot him. And you think you're child of the king. You, you see what I'm saying? Can I go another? Here's another law. Do not commit adultery. But in the kingdom, lust is defeated in my life. Lust has no... Can I get an amen from somebody? Lust doesn't have a place. You're no longer ruled by your body, and you celebrate the covenant of marriage. What? That's what kingdom people do. Say, well, I don't know, Pat. You don't know what I'm going through. I, no, I get that. I just want you to know that one day you took a knee before the king. And then the Holy Spirit comes into you. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit begins to be this extinguishing of all this other junk that's in your life. And you think, if I just live according to the law and I keep the Sabbath day holy, that somehow you're, you're, the, the king is going, Yes! It's not what it's about. Look, he says, uh, uh, go to another. Have I got another slide up there? Yeah. The law says do not lie. And the kingdom, live honestly. Your yes means yes and your no means no. What? I didn't lie. I was a little deceptive. No. Your word is your word. Uh, in the kingdom, judge everybody in the kingdom. That was the idea. If you were a scribe or a Pharisee, you were looking for people to judge. In the kingdom, you live honest. Excuse me. You forgive everyone, and you don't allow offense to control your life. You see the difference? Anybody seeing this? Okay. Uh, in in the in the in the kingdom, you hate. Uh, excuse me. Uh, under the law, you hate your enemy. But in the kingdom, you love your enemies and pray for your enemies. Just, this is practical. In Matthew 6 and 1, talks about practical living in the kingdom. Be careful when you do good things. Don't do them in front of people to be seen by heaven. If you do that, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So practically, I'm just going to do good things. I'm going to be busy doing good so that people will see my life and glorify God. When you pray, don't be like hypocrites. They love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners and pray so people will see them. When it comes to wealth in the kingdom, don't store your treasures up for yourselves here on earth where moth and rust will destroy them. You lay your treasures up in heaven. You do. Th Anybody with me on this? You understand? It's just a different flavor. It's a different way of doing life. And the only reason you do this is because you begin to understand that Jesus is the king. I'm living in a kingdom. And, and when a king takes authority, he says, and this is what we do in my kingdom. Judgment in the kingdom. Here's what we do in the, in, 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 in the kingdom of God. We take the plank out of our own eye. So that then we can see more clearly to help our brother. We, we don't walk around acting like we're better than everybody else. Then we have purpose in the kingdom. Our purpose in the kingdom, as you go, preach the message. Here's the message. What are we supposed to be preaching? 
Say it. The kingdom of heaven is near. What is our message? It is the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of heaven. All right? It's the kingdom of heaven. And then what about our children? Jesus picked up little children in Matthew 19 and he said this. Uh, they brought little children to Jesus and the disciples tried to stop him. And he said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. Come on. We got to keep our children in the kingdom. This isn't about acting like children. It's getting our children blessed and access into the kingdom of God. We want our kids to know Jesus and we want the Holy Spirit to be inside of them and joyfully serving the kingdom. We're trying to raise up children of the Most High God. So we're royalty. We're ambassadors. Again, Matthew 5 and 17, let your light so shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So here's, here's, here's the big deal, okay? Jesus is the king, and here's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. So it's going to be the kingdom of heaven, and then what's he doing? He's bringing the kingdom of heaven here. Right now, anybody ever feel like you're out of place? Anybody ever feel that way? Okay, here's what he's doing. Jesus said, I'm going, I'm going away, but I'm coming again. And then in Revelation chapter 2, or 21, we see this. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Does that sound exciting to anybody? This is the whole concept. We are children of the king. We worship him as his children. We serve him as his children. And one day the king is coming back and we will come back with him riding on horses and we will live together and we will rule and we will reign. Jesus. Anybody remember praying this way in Matthew chapter 6, 10? Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Anybody remember that? Remember that scripture in Matthew chapter 6 and 10? Your kingdom come. The king is coming. And now he wants to do his will. Right now, your will be done on earth. I don't know if anybody's getting this. I hope you're receiving this. I want you to get it. So what is it all about? It is all about the kingdom of heaven. The death of Christ. The resurrection of Christ. It is all about the kingdom of heaven. It's all about it. It's about you being transformed from just normal, everyday people to individual that the kingdom of heaven takes control of by the Spirit of God. It is about you living by the Spirit and not by the flesh anymore because I am a child of God. It's about you being armed with the weapons of the kingdom, the gifts of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and living your life out as a child who is fully and completely devoted to your King. That's what it's about. You don't get to do this part-time. We are fully and completely devoted to the king. Now, here's some really good news. Let me wrap this up. That I'm wrapping it up is really good news. Matthew 20. All right. 
So Jesus is telling people about the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if you've read the scripture, read the parables, but regularly they come out like this. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And we just leap over that and go straight to the prodigal son. Okay? This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he tells this story about a, a vineyard. And here's what happens. There's this guy who needs some help in the vineyard. And he says, if you'll work for me, I'm going to give you $5. Or $100 or something like that. And they come and they start working. And then he goes and finds some more. And they start working. He says, you come to work for me. So they work for a few days. You know, he needs some more help. So he goes and gets some more. He says, I'm going to give you $100 if you'll come and work. So basically he tells everybody the same amount. The people who started at the beginning and the people who started at the end. All right? And then the people who started at the beginning get upset. How come we're not getting more than those people who started at the end? And Jesus tells the story and he says, well, this is the way it is. The first shall be last and the last will be first. Some of you don't know who you are. You haven't, you haven't got a clue about this. You don't know who you are. You don't even know. You, you've read the Bible and you're really excited about the Bible. And you're really excited about Elijah and Elisha. And you're excited about, you know, uh, Zechariah and Malachi. And you're really, you love the stories of King David. And you really, really, really love the stories in the New Testament about the apostles. Guess what? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Oh, how's that? The last shall be first. What is this? In other words, it doesn't matter where you started. You have the same anointing in your life. And we all get the same gift at the end. You think, you're thinking, well, they did that, but I'm not Paul. Or I'm not like Peter. And I'm not like David. And I'm not like those other guys. I'm not like Abraham. I'm not those guys. And I want you to hear your pastor today. Rise up. Take up your sword. Be a part of the kingdom of heaven. It's all about the kingdom. So we come to church, and this is the depth. Of our service. Here's an invitation. Invite somebody to Easter Sunday. You go, whatever. <laughs> you see what I just said? You see? And we come into worship and we start singing songs of praise. And you say, when this is over, maybe he'll preach and we can go home. <laughs> Some of you haven't heard a word that I said. But you're a child of the king. Do you know what this is? This is an assembly of soldiers. We are here to get our marching orders. We're here to stand in the presence of the king and be empowered by the spirit. To be anointed. And when we walk out this door, we walk out as men and women that have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. To be soldiers in the army of the Lord. To take those things that the enemy says belongs to him. Like your children and your neighbors. Come on. And work for the kingdom. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Anybody receive what I'm preaching to you today? Stand with me. Come on, stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Hallelujah. 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 We're just so cheap with this. Anybody ever feel that way? It's just like, what we have is so powerful and we just keep making it. Mm, just, oh. 
a pastor, are you a fanatic? I'm a, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier at the grocery store. I'm a soldier at the schoolhouse. I'm a soldier at my workplace. I'm a child of God. Anybody get this? Does anybody understand that? Sometimes as a pastor, people are so funny. You know, like I'll... I love catching people at awkward times. I just one of my favorite things. And if I've caught you an awkward time, that's cool. All right. You know. I love catching people in awkward times. It's like, oh no, the pastor just saw me. <laughs> We're all children of the king. So whether I'm looking or not, the Holy Spirit has claimed you as his own. So what's next? You know what we need, really need to do? Sometimes we say, we need to rededicate our life to Jesus. We need to do better than that. Because I don't want to serve Jesus the way I used to serve Jesus. I'm ready to be fully and completely alleged to him. I'm ready to be a child of the king from this moment on. To serve him with all of my heart and with all my life. I'm tired of this hokey pokey religion. Putting my right foot in, pulling my right foot out, my left foot, and my hand, and sometimes my holds. Yeah, I'm into it today. And I'm tired. Anybody else tired of that? I'm tired of the enemy feeling like I belong to him. I don't want to go up on a mountain with the devil and have him show me stuff and say, if you'll follow me, I'll give you that. But he still does that with all of us. Do you hear me? He is preaching the truth today. I call you today to the throne of God I call you as children of the most high God to surrender yourself to present Romans 12 present your bodies this is a, this is a kingdom call that's really a, to present your bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable to the Lord you got any soldiers in the house where's my military at where are you that's why we love you guys. I mean, one of the things, we're just amazed that you would go and put your hand up and you would say, I'm ready. You're ready to even offer your very life. But for some of you, you offered your life to the kingdom before you ever lifted your hand up and offered it to defend this country. And as honorable as the one is, can I tell you, giving your life to Jesus Christ is the most honorable thing that you can ever do. So much so that those who were called first said such things as I'm ready to suffer and to die for you. And we celebrate. Anybody celebrate those individuals? Guys like Peter that were crucified upside down. So I'm asking today for individuals that would say, Pastor, I have been a Christian, but today... I'm ready to declare that Jesus Christ is the king and I want to be a part of the kingdom. I don't know that I've ever really seen that I was a part of the kingdom, but today I declare that my life belongs to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Is there anybody in this house like that? Anybody in this house that wants to take this bold, a bold step saying, I am ready to kneel before the king of kings and the Lord of lords and sacrifice it all for him. Is there anybody in this room like that? Would you lift your hand and wave at me? Maybe you need, like me, you need to wave both hands. Are you ready? And some of you, maybe you've been away from the Lord and you, I don't know. You need today to come back to the kingdom. Are you ready? I want some of you 
who today are saying, today I offer my life fully to the King. Step out of your seats and come and stand up front. I want you to do that. Sing a little bit. More to kneel. Even better. Come on, church. Everybody in the house, bow your head, bow your head, raise your hands, bow your head, lift your hands, bow your head and lift your hands. And let's declare it to the Lord. Let's declare it. Bow your heads, bow your heads, everybody in the house. I declare, I declare that Jesus, come on, I declare that Jesus is my King. I surrender myself completely. I present my body as a living sacrifice. I choose to serve you for the rest of my life. I release everything that would entangle me with this world. I am ready to be gifted, to be used, to fight for the kingdom of heaven. I surrender to Jesus my Lord and my King I am a child of God I am a part of the kingdom of heaven thank you Jesus I know what it's about now while you're there in that posture I want you to forgive everyone that you need to forgive go ahead I forgive I want you to let the hate go let it go you don't get to hate any, anymore. I want you to let go of the lust, the things that have entangled you. Let go of it. Say it, I let it go. I let it go. Say it, I let it go. Come, Holy Spirit. Allow your kingdom to be inside of me. I surrender it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to pray. Anybody that wants to come and just pray with these uh, altar workers, come and just stand behind them and pray with individuals. This is warfare, surrendering ourselves to the Lord. It's warfare, so come. Can I, I need to do one more thing before you go. Just lift your hands again. In the name of Jesus, I release gifts upon these who have truly declared you as Lord. May the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit rest upon your children. May they move in power, in knowledge, in wisdom, in strength may they walk in your power in such a way that the enemy will cower at our very presence that the sick will be healed that the lame will be raised the blind will see that the kingdom of God will be populated thank you Lord build your church upon this rock your kingdom in Jesus name amen give thanks to the Lord everybody in the house give thanks to you thank you Lord I receive this it's about what what's it about what's it about
It's, what is it, what's it about? The kingdom. God, the kingdom of God bless you all. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Peace to you all. Be dismissed. Walk in the kingdom. Sing.